My name is Brad Lewis, and this is my story. On May 24th, 1976, David and Carolyn Lewis gave birth to what doctors have said was the most gorgeous, brilliant, talented, and gifted baby boy in the history of Canton, Ohio. I found that difficult to believe as a child growing up, but I mean, if the doctors said it, who am I to disagree, you know? And, um, I also found out later years as an adult through talking to my mom and dad that I was their favorite. Now, as a child, I lived in Minerva, Ohio, which is right outside of Canton, and uh, my dad uh, moved us to Houston, Texas when I was about five years old. And we lived in Houston, Texas for just four years while my dad got his degree. Uh, he felt the call into the ministry and went to Gulf Coast Bible College. I went to Tower Christian Academy uh, when we lived in Houston. And I remember that every year they would have this award ceremony at the end of the year and they would give, you know, the smartest, the brightest, you know, the best math score, best, you know, athlete, best, I don't even remember what all the categories were, but they would give away all these awards. And then at the end of the award ceremony, they had one award. It was huge. It was a great big red ribbon. And it was for the most Christ-like child. It was for the child that behaved the best, treated people the best, got the, you know, least amount of, of red check marks or whatever it was, you know, and got no paddles, could get paddled through the year and, you know, all, all these other things. And I remember at the beginning of the school year, I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to win the big red award. Only one kid every year won that award. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to win the big red award. I remember the night of the award ceremony coming and I remember them going up to announce the big red award. I brought that bad boy home, Mom. I brought that bad boy home. <laughs> um, moving on, I also burnt down the kitchen at my mom and dad's house that year. After living in Houston for four years when my dad got his degree, he got his first church in the thriving community of Jonesboro, Louisiana. I remember Jonesboro fondly, and I'm going to tell you my favorite part of Jonesboro, Louisiana was uh, I won a go-kart at a, a supermarket store in Jonesboro. The owner of the store went to our church and came up to me one week and said, Brad, listen, put your name in the drawing and fold it in a certain way. And I did exactly what he said and I put it in there and lo and behold, I won this go-kart. But I have to tell you that my fondest memories of, of me on the go-kart driving through, we had a gravel pit down the street and I would drive through it and the people would yell at me and uh, we, I would run over flower beds on, on accident. Um, I, I even almost ran over an old lady one time after church and I wasn't allowed to ride my go-kart at church anymore after that but I remember the day that my dad came to me and said that we were going to move to Dayton, Ohio and he took a new church in Dayton, Ohio it was called East Park 
Church of God. And I remember being pretty excited about that move because we uh, were moving to civilization, I believed. My first experience at the elementary school uh, in Dayton, I went to Kemp Elementary. On my first day, uh, at our uh, first week at Camp Elementary, I was DDT'd into a urinal in the boys' bathroom. So I was kind of happy when we moved to Huber Heights. My mom and dad bought a house in Huber Heights, and, and so we moved there, and I started to go to Studebaker Middle School. What? Really began my journey with Christ uh, in, in junior high. I remember. Uh, when we moved there, I, I was desperate to make friends. I didn't know a lot of people, and I was desperate to be uh, one of the cool guys, one of the popular guys. I remember my first week at school, uh, we had an all-student uh, <clears throat> gathering in the gymnasium, and I didn't know anybody, and, and uh, I was sitting in the gym, and this girl sat beside me, this really attractive girl sat beside me, and on her binder, uh, it had on there, I love Brad. And uh, I remember looking at that binder and I thought, uh, this girl loves me. Her boyfriend came about two minutes later and sat down and everyone yelled when he came in, Hey Brad! Hey Brad! And I felt that big. I was desperate for people to like me. I was desperate to make friends and what happened was is I became the guy who would make friends in pretty much any way he wanted to and so I uh, and, and carried that trait into high school and it worked. I, I had a lot of friends. I was never the popular kid but I had friends uh, you know in every you know group or what have you and and uh, you know, I played basketball. I played basketball in high school, and this drive to be loved, this drive to uh, be needed in some way, uh, really began to define my character. It began to define who I was. And before you know it, I was the guy that could pretty much get talked into uh, doing anything for a laugh, uh, doing anything to have a good time. Uh, before you know it, I was drinking alcohol uh, and I was uh, uh, using uh, recreational drugs uh, and I really began to uh, do things that were far outside of the way that I was raised and I began to act in ways uh, that were far outside the way that, that I knew I needed to be. You know the people that knew me in high school knew me as a guy with two characters. I had a church lifestyle that I would live. I also had a school lifestyle that I lived. And the two never crossed. On my senior year of high school, um, I, was, I was removed from Wayne High School by my parents and put into Dayton Christian High School. And uh, I, I really struggled with fitting in Dayton Christian. I was a new kid in my senior year. I did know a few of the kids that went there, uh, really fit in uh, with the basketball team as soon as I could so I could get to know uh, some of the guys, but really fell into the exact same scenario that I was in at Wayne. 
because it really was about me. My life was very selfish. I really tried to fulfill this idea in my head of, of who I was supposed to be. Not long after I graduated high school, about a year after I graduated high school, I went to uh, Oklahoma City and I decided I was going to try uh, to be in the ministry because even back then I really felt God's call on my life. And so I decided that I was going to uh, go to Oklahoma City and I lasted one semester in Oklahoma City uh, because although who I was trying to become uh, in my mind uh, was probably in the eyes of a lot of people good um, but my character never changed I was still very selfish I was mean uh, a lot of a lot of people thought that I was uh, back in those days a jerk um, I still uh, you know look for the same influences when I was there and really just never fit into the Christian lifestyle at a Christian college so I came home, I was offered a job making $10 an hour, which I thought was like, what? $10 an hour? What am I going to college for if I can make $10 an hour? So uh, I started working and uh, still very selfish, um, didn't care, uh, didn't really want to be involved in church. The only reason really that I went to church is my dad had planted a church and I wanted to support him and so I... I did everything that he asked me to do and I was at, you know, everything that he asked me to be at and uh, helped on work days and, uh, but I got to be honest with you, I really didn't have a walk with the Lord. You know, I was still very selfish, uh, still did things the way that I wanted to do them. I was still driven uh, by making friends, I was still driven by having a good time. Um, I really had no purpose, uh, but I hadn't realized that truthfully yet. My influences never really changed, and there was just a common theme throughout the first, you know, 10 years of, of late teenage and early adulthood. Um, it was all about me. It was about what I could get for me, what I could accomplish for me, uh, drinking more and, and smoking more and, 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 and really uh, going down a whirlwind of sin that was leading me nowhere. I had no purpose, I had no drive, and I really thought that this was just who I was going to be. I had a lot of uh, fear of, of who I really was. One thing I knew for certain, uh, I had no faith in the church. I had no faith in um, really uh, God. I had no desire to be a better person. I had no desire to be more like Christ. I had a lot of doubts uh, in my mind as to uh, really what the purpose of man was. And you know, one thing about growing up in the church is I saw a lot of church that I didn't want to be any part of. I saw people who um, my dad helped in their lives uh, turn their backs on stabbed him, stabbed him in the back, you know, the first opportunity that they had. Um, I saw a lot of people proclaim love and, and cast out anything but, and it really turned me away from the church. Uh, I was sitting in the office at my mom and dad's uh, house, 
and I remember being on uh, AOL Instant Messenger, and um, this name popped up on the screen. It's Sarah Radiker. I remember when I saw Sarah, it was the first time that I really thought to myself, man, um, that girl is hot. And why have I never dated her? Um, so I, you know, a couple weeks later asked her if she would like to go out. And uh, so I took her to <laughs> the, you know, best restaurant on earth at the time is the best that I could afford, the Olive Garden. You better appreciate Sarah. And then I took her to a movie, the most romantic movie that was playing at the time, Blues Brothers 2000. Worst movie I've ever seen in my life. We hit it off and uh, she even kissed me during the movie, which, you know, I'm in. My life really began to change after I had a wife. Um, I can remember thinking to myself that I really had to become a man. And it began to be important to me that uh, Jordan be in church. And um, so I, I remember telling my wife that I really feel like God uh, was going to use Jordan. Uh, ironic, since I didn't want God to have anything to do with me. We started to go uh, to Ginsburg Church, and it was actually in a sermon. Uh, where Mike Slaughter, who was the pastor there, started to talk about the importance of getting off your butt and doing something. And I knew immediately that God was talking to me. And I really felt the Holy Spirit um, tugging at my heart and telling me that I was missing life, that life was passing me by. And in my selfishness and my desire to be liked and my drive to become more accepted by people, I was missing out on the life that God had created me for. It wasn't long after that that I began to have a strong desire to find out more about God, truthfully, who God was. And I began to dive into the scriptures myself just personally, not being taught by anybody, just reading the Bible. And the story of Job is a story that really uh, caught my attention. And God's answer back to Job uh, was one that really began to uh, whip me into shape. And it was in that answer back to Job that uh, God really begins to question Job. He comes back on Job and uh, he says, you know, who are you? You know, where were you uh, when I was controlling the thunder? Where were you when I was throwing the lightning, you know? Do you know where the sun, snow is kept? Uh, do you know where I lock up the hail? Uh, do you know how I feed the lioness so that she can feed her cubs? And, and on and on and on, where were you when I placed the stars and the moon and the sky? And, you know, this really began to resonate in my heart and I really began to embrace God for the first time and so I tell people that I've known God my whole life I've known God since I was a baby I grew up in the church I grew up a pastor's son but I really met him 
in my early 20s. And what God began to show me was strongly that I was wasting my life and that He had chosen me for a much greater purpose than to throw my life away at these little things that I was chasing. He began to teach me that I was second in life and that everyone else should be first. And so I remember turning to my wife and I said, Honey, I, I need to talk to you about something. i got to be honest with you, I'm a little scared to talk to you about it. She said, What's going on? And I said, Well, uh, I really feel like God's calling me into the ministry. And I said, Honey, I know that this is not the man that you married. And I know what the ministry is. And I know how hard it is. Because uh, I've lived it my whole life. So, I need to ask your permission. And I remember my wife looking at me and she said, I've been waiting for you to say this. And I have to tell you that the burden inside of my heart uh, for years has been to plant a church. You know, church after church that I went to and I was involved with and the ministries that I was a part of just really drove me the wrong way see the bureaucracy and the things that went on and the ways that people threw around power and, and pastors who had no authority and um, it, it just I didn't understand because I knew who we started out to be I had read Acts I had read what the early church was all about and it didn't make sense to me anymore so my life journey really comes down to this I began life wanting to be my own man. I wanted to be the best at everything I did. And I would push and hurt people in order that that would be so. I wanted to experience life in every level, thinking that as a Christian I would miss things. I didn't want to be a part of a church because the church was just full of hypocrites. And what I found out was that I was a liar. I was a thief. I am a sinner. And it is God who gave His only Son come down to earth and to teach that it's not about tradition, it's not about denominations, it's not about rules or regulations, it's not even about making sure you put on the right clothes or say the right things. It's all about loving God and loving people. It changed my life. My drive is no longer about me, but I pray that every day it becomes about God. I fail, but I pray and I confess. I'm not perfect by any means, but I am forgiven. I know that I have a long road ahead of me 
and the long road to travel. But I know that God walks it with me. I believe that a long time ago, God asked me to have a relationship with Him, a personal relationship, me and Him. And for a long, long time, I told Him no. And finally, one day, I looked up to heaven. I cried. And I asked God to have a relationship with me. I told Him that I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ was His Son. And I asked for forgiveness for my sins. I confessed to my selfishness. I confessed to stealing all of the time that I had wasted. I confessed to living for myself and not for Him. And I asked Him to begin to change me. I asked the Holy Spirit to begin to mold me, to show me, to give me direction. And I thank God that He has given me I thank God for One Love Church. My name is Brad Lewis. My testimony, my testimony is that I'm a sinner. My testimony is that I fail. My testimony is that I have lied, I have cheated, and I have hurt people. My testimony is that in a lot of areas of Dayton, Ohio, there are people who don't want to have anything to do with me. I've left behind wreckage. My story will end because I have a relationship with God. I have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit guides me daily and I pray for that guidance. And I know I know more than anything in this world that my God loves me, that my God will protect me, that my God watches over me, that it is my God who provides for me, and it is my God who holds me, and it is my God who I give all the glory. My name is Brad Lewis, and that is my story. In my I need a savior.